0: Are you a health tech founder looking to overcome the challenges of healthcare industry? In this episode, we sit down with Dr. Garrett, a physician associate with a doctor degree in medical sciences turned successful entrepreneur who shares his insights on improving access to care with technology and diversifying revenue stream. Welcome to Providers Edge. The podcast that helps healthcare entrepreneurs and executives like you break down barriers to control your business, your life, and your future. With me, your host, Sabrina Rumbach, a recovered clinician and a healthcare deal catalyst. Let's rewrite the rules and create a positive social impact while increasing your profitability. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Sabrina Rumbach for the provider's edge. Thank you for coming back. And today we have Gary with us. He is a physician associates and has been practicing since 2008. His career has been primarily focusing on the emergency medicine side over 13 years in the ED and also work in many other fields such as sports medicine, pediatrics, urgent care, family practice. Men's health, obesity medicine, and working overseas in infectious disease. And that's the amazing thing about being a PA. You can jump around many different subspecialties and discover where is the best place where your heart lays and fit in with what you are doing. And for each of his experience, he demonstrated that the primary problem in the healthcare system is getting access. And then we know there are a huge amount of underserved and underinsured patient in the U.S. Uh, Number one state is in California, and number two is happened to be in Texas, where I am. And he also created uh, three separate practices for house call MD, alpha MD, which is telemedicine for um, men's health and also house call IV for IV infusion. So can't wait to chat with you. Thank you so much, Garrett, for being here.
1: Thank you, Sabrina, for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah. And I know we uh, connected on social media just like uh, a lot of people nowadays. And networking is not just going to conferences anymore or local events, but we can actually collaborate and learn from each other from the leverage of our media and actually talk about the good things that's happening in healthcare and not all the struggles that were happening. So I'm excited for you to be here. And one thing is, of course, I can never do the best introduction for my speakers. And so I would love to hear what was the initial passion for you getting into medicine? And then what was the pivotal moment uh, to switch from working in all different subspecialties and finding out your true connection in opening up these practices yourself?
1: Sure. Well, um, I guess a, a brief background for me, my passion for Healthcare and medicine I actually started back in in high school. I worked for the uh, local fire department uh, as a volunteer fire cadet, uh, which um, gave me exposure to uh, pre hospital medicine. And a lot of the work I did was you know riding with ambulance crew, and so that intrigued me. And I got my EMT um, certification um, in high school and worked uh, through high school, actually, uh, for the ambulance service on, or that worked with the the fire department. And then I continued, uh, working for the same ambulance company through, through college and where I actually found my passion, uh, for, for healthcare extended from just, uh, like sports medicine, which was my goal. I wanted to work in sports medicine, but I found that, uh, that was a very limited population. And so I liked working with the more general population in um, uh, working in pre-hospital medicine. So once I finished my degree in sports medicine, uh, I thought I was going to um, maybe go on to do, pursue physical therapy. Um, but uh, I was working in a, in a sports medicine clinic as well for my undergraduate and uh, the doctors I spoke with uh, actually introduced me to the to the profession of PA, and so I had no idea what it was at really uh, up until I almost graduated. Uh, and so I explored it further and found that it, it seemed like the good fit for me because I'm not someone that likes to be tied down in in one you know area, and I I have multiple interests, and so. I debated med school but all of the physicians I worked for at the time said that I I they thought my personality would better fit PA and sure enough it it did and so I did uh go to PA school at Emory University and uh did well there and then um right out the gate I actually uh decided um if I'm going to ever get a chance to work overseas it's now before I have a mortgage and kids and you know I'm not married. So I might as well just go and and so I worked overseas. Um I worked with the Baylor Pediatric HIV and AIDS initiative in Malawi, Africa, there. And then came back and from then on I was basically um devoted to like ER and urgent care. Did that for a while and then um again I I also worked, you know, in in uh like a Devoted pediatric urgent care and a d- devoted pediatric ER, and then I, I went back to sports medicine back and forth. So I do it, they, the physicians I worked with were right. I definitely <laughs> can't seem to nail down one interest. I, I enjoy all of medicine, every aspect of it interests me, and so uh, that kind of led me to where I am today. I felt that being a, a PA, it's a little harder to find the job that. Perfectly fits you, and perfectly fits you know your personality and your interests, and even your skill set. So, I decided I'm not going to find that job, so I might as well make it. And then, so yeah, I started pursuing you know different avenues as far as starting businesses. I actually started one men's health clinic in Seattle, more as a as a test run, and actually uh, it was successful. I sold it for profit. but it still wasn't exactly what I wanted. And eventually I I created House Call MD and uh, that's been thriving. We're now um, based here mainly out of the Seattle region, but we're actually opening a second branch in Los Angeles, California in January, 2023. And we're in talks now with um, someone opening a a franchise uh, out in Washington, D.C. as well, utilizing our software and, and healthcare delivery model. So, yeah, that's essentially my story, uh, you know, as, as abbreviated, I guess, as I can make it. But, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm enjoying it. You know, being a business owner is not always the easiest thing in the world, but um, it definitely gives you the freedom to pursue your own passion.
0: Right. And I think that's the key thing is when we... Think about going to an organization, work for someone else. Then it's the comfort of okay, I show up and my patient is going to be there, and I have a set amount of loads. Perhaps it's too much load, but I go in, I go out. If I have call, that's dedicated. But otherwise, there's not much additional obligation. The highs that one major hat as a clinician versus uh, when you go out, you wanted to have more flexibility. You wanted to have a role in leading the chain in your community uh, and build something that's really fit into your specific need. And then there are more challenges. And at the same time, those challenges can be exciting. As long as we don't play into the side where you're hustling all the time. And then at the end of the day, like what am I actually hustling for? right? And then just so we can keep aligned with that mission, that vision that we created from the get-go. and It's exciting for you to even mention, well, sometimes you have to build a business and knowing we have to exit. It doesn't mean you always build something, you just have to keep it forever. And it can be a transition to know when to move on to the next thing. So I wonder what made you have that libel moment to say, hey, this is not the right thing. And also as you start building franchise or building additional branches of your interest, you understand this is the right moment that I I can add versus this is the right moment to exit. Sure.
1: You know, I get asked that question a lot, you know, from friends of mine who are wanting to start their own business or whatever. And they ask, when is the right time? And I, the most honest answer I can give is there's the only right time is now because there's never the right time. You know, you got kids, you got family obligations, your bills are never, you know, exactly like you want them to be, you know, it's never the right time. So now is the time to do it, to just pull the trigger.
0: Now, as we learned from Dr. Garrett's experience, starting a business requires taking control and being proactive. As healthcare founders and business owners, it's important to remember that timing is everything when it comes to starting a business. There is never a perfect time to start. The best time is now. So don't wait for ideal conditions to materialize. Take the first step toward your goals. Garrett started his house call MD practice while working full-time in urgent care and a part-time job at a weight loss clinic. He gradually built his patient base through word of mouth without spending any money on marketing. His business thrived during the COVID-19 pandemic for House Call MD when people needed healthcare services delivered to their home. So seize the opportunities when they rise and be adaptable to changing circumstances. Remember, success is often the result of taking action at the right time. If you are a healthcare entrepreneur or startup founder, Looking to accelerate your social mission and increase profitability? Don't hesitate to reach out to me, your host, Sabrina Rumbach. You can find me on LinkedIn or visit my website and schedule a virtual coffee chat. Let's connect and discuss how myself or my network can take your business to the next level.
1: And for me, you know, I, I promised my wife, I said, you know, these are my passions. I want to pursue them. And I said, I promise you, I will not make us go bankrupt. Right. That was her one thing. She says, you can, you can pursue whatever you want, but you know, we got to pay bills. So I said, of course, you know, I'll do that. And so for me, I wasn't like a lot of business owners who felt, you know, I'm going to get a big loan, you know, I'm going to get a $200,000 loan from the bank and I'm just going to You know, dive into this. I'm going to cash out my 401ks and I'm just going to do this, which a lot of people do. I felt I was like, well, you know, I see no reason I can't, you know, slowly creep into this and, you know, slowly build clientele and slowly build, you know, patient volume and slowly build word of mouth. And so that's kind of how I started. I was working full time in an urgent care. And I actually was also working a part-time job at a weight loss clinic at the very same time. And I decided I'm going to start, you know, because what, for me, I had the idea of the, you know, House Call D is basically a mobile urgent care. You know, we see people in their homes, you know, we, we basically provide all the same services we partnered with a mobile x-ray company and do x-rays in people's homes. You know, we do everything, you know, that any urgent care can do. And so I just started seeing patients after my shifts, you know, and uh, going to their homes. And, you know, over time, again, I, I never spent a dime in marketing. And I, over time, word of mouth really was, was the name of the game. And uh, we've basically doubled, about every quarter, we double our net income, which makes sense to me, especially the COVID was hard for a lot of businesses but it was a bit of a boon for us because people could no longer leave their homes to go to clinics to see their doctors so the only option was to have a doctor come to you and that was us literally the only company in the region that did it so in fact we were the first company at least in Washington state to do at home covid tests and we were the only company for almost a year to do at home covid tests um and we got a contract with with the county To do it, and so that was again. So for us, it was it was a bit of a boon because it helped us in our marketing. Being like, well, you know, your doctor's clinic is closed, or you know, they're only doing telemedicine, and you're you know, seventy five years old and don't know how to use a smartphone. You know, then we'll come to you. So yeah, again, COVID again was serendipitous for us. It was it added a lot of you know difficulties as well, but. You know, I'm in a way that, you know, I think about it like this, like if I had decided to wait um, to start the business, I wouldn't have been ready to provide that service. I wouldn't have been prepared. I wouldn't have had staff. I wouldn't have it would have taken a lot of lead up time. So, again, the right time is now because you never know what is coming around the corner. And just don't be afraid to just pursue your passion.
0: Right. And that's always a timing issue, right? People always can have some kind of excuse of what they focus is on right now before the next thing is going to happen. And then we know no matter what, there's always going to be a moving target of goals. And if we're constantly in the wrong of having different ideas, then analysis paralysis. And that tap into what I always call them we sabotage our own success because there are psychological tendencies of what well, pushes us to get a success level so far It's not going to get us to the next level unless we recognize those patterns. And mm-hmm. so it's awesome for you to say, uh, when you started that first, very first business, because you have the guys, it's, just, it's now. Uh, the promise you made up for your wife is just, we're not going to go bankrupt. And when you recognize the time and how the business wasn't running the right way for you you know to exit and not holding on to it feeling like you can just fix everything and then you end up getting lost in that round and then be able to go into a mobile clinic and bringing the healthcare to others and that's a, a big thing that people are doing especially in the geriatric population uh, especially when they can't go out not even because covid just physically they couldn't And a lot of caretakers don't have time, right? Like they also are working and they needed to pay bills themselves or pay bills for their family. They can't just always be able to do all that. So having the services bring the care directly to the patient is so important. And I guess that's when you see the success with your mobile urgent clinic that you're able to turn on the telemedicine part and as well as the infusion part with the same platform software. Did you guys build a specific thing yourself, where you're able to partner up with the right people?
1: No. Well, we we built our own proprietary telemedicine software system. So we used some existing API from uh, Twilio. Which is a software system. And then we kind of created our own, our own software system and patient registration and patient appointment request software. And ultimately, once that was created, our business basically doubled within about three months. And then again, quadrupled uh, like about one or two months later. And the reason for it is, you know, we we wanted the, the biggest problem, I think, like. You introduced when we first started this conversation is that I felt the access to healthcare is the biggest problem that faces uh, the U.S. healthcare system. There's plenty of doctors and nurse practitioners and PAs and whatnot out there, but the patient getting an appointment slot to see somebody is—it's right now—it's—it's rather abysmal. I mean, it generally takes at least here um, in the Seattle region, on average, it's eight weeks. To see your regular doctor. The average wait time in an urgent care right now, currently in King County is six and a half hours. So, you know, obviously those are huge barriers to access. And then the majority of patients in the United States that, that are seen are over age 75, right? So everybody was excited for all, telemedicine. It's amazing. It's, you know, it's going to increase access. It's, it, people are going to love it, you know, and all these, you know, essentially all these investors were like running to this gold, you know, this gold rush of telemedicine.
0: If you're in the health tech space, you know that access to care is one of the biggest challenge we face today. But Gary has a solution. He started a mobile clinic that offers house call for providers to go into patients' home as well as telemedicine and his own software system to make everything simple for caregivers to schedule appointments for their loved ones. By leveraging technology, Gary is able to help those who need it the most. Like the elderly patients who couldn't get out of their house due to transportation or mobility issues. So, take a page from Gary's book and think about how you can use technology to improve access to care in your own business. Thank you for listening to Provider Sedge. Don't miss the episode. Subscribe to our podcast today on your favorite podcast platform or watch our TV show on Roku, Apple, and Amazon TV.
1: And- Again, I I started a telemedicine company as well, but I knew having worked in healthcare that if you are gearing, you know, your telemedicine software like any regular telemedicine software where you have to sign in and click a link and then you know they have to have email or whatnot, you're missing 80% of the of the people who normally need healthcare. You know, young and healthy people who can manage technology. They need healthcare, but not nearly as often, maybe once a year, twice a year, tops. You know, when you're, you know, 75 years old and you've got COPD and CHF and, you know, coronary artery disease and hypertension and hyperlipidemia and you get cellulitis all the time from your peripheral vascular disease, you got yada, 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 right? You need a doctor's visit oftentimes twice a month. So all these telemedicine companies, you know, Amwell, all them, the big companies, they don't help the people who need it, that people really need healthcare. And so the software system that we created, the goal was to make it easy for the caretakers at uh, adult family homes, assisted living facilities, memory care facilities to register a patient and then to uh, make an appointment request for one of our staff to come see them. We also have the ability to train the staff to do what we call augmented telemedicine, where we we actually go into a facility, train the LPNs and CNAs and stuff how to facilitate a telemedicine visit. And each facility we partner with, we give them a tablet, we give them a digital otoscope, a digital stethoscope, so they can actually get data for the practitioners to make, again, a more accurate diagnosis because then you'll you'll have additional data. If someone, if you have a telemedicine appointment for someone with ear pain, that could be a lot of things, right? You know, but without an actual visualization of the tympanic membrane, you you don't know if it's an ear infection. You don't know if it's appropriate to do antibiotics. And uh, so with our model, they schedule the appointment, they use the digital otoscope, they send a digital picture to our practitioner. The practitioner can then view it and say, yeah, that does look like a red eardrum, you know, if there's asymmetry, I think it is in your infection, please put me on with the, the patient, and I'll speak with them about the findings and treatment options. So, it creates a, a better, you know, experience for the patient, and it creates a uh, more accurate diagnosis, because now you've got vital signs, and you've got actual, you know, physical exam findings. And with the digital otoscopes, you can hear wheezing, you can hear, you know, ronchi, you can hear you know, actual lung sounds, you know, so you can diagnose from afar with, with tech- the technology that exists today again, but these old folks can't manage the the technology to start the, even start like a regular zoom call. Right. So, right. so we, and it's not even
0: partner. that it, it's, yeah. it's not it, Most of the time, if you are having a technology that can just send a direct link without them Uh, download an app, then it's easier for them to just click on the link and then start talking and having that video conference. But if any type of technology barrier without a family member on site, then they definitely would not be able to function at all, especially Mm -hmm. many of them uh, with uh, flip phones or they are in these areas that's uh, hard to even get to. So that being said, uh, if there's a lot more go into how to manage people with this uh, virtual uh, digital health world that we're all trying to uh, help solving these um, underserved and uh, healthcare equality part of healthcare. So I know, of course, for you, uh, we don't do healthcare by ourselves, and um, you have three companies, and then you have a team of forty people. So uh, while you're growing, uh, what are some of the growing pains that you are able to overcome? And what's the next phase for you? What, what's the area that you really wanted to up-level?
1: So, yeah, um, like you said, I, I have, you know, uh, basically, I started the House Call MD. Because demand increased for certain services, um, I actually essentially created sister companies to service those needs more specifically. So men's health is Alpha MD. Alpha MD, again, focuses on exactly, you know, again, erectile dysfunction treatment, it focuses on uh, hypogonadism. Um, you know, the thing is those are rarely fully covered by insurance or, or sometimes not at all. So we turn that one into a, a cash only practice, um, whereas House co uh, does bill insurance. But yeah, we found that we when we were treating people, we weren't getting paid because insurances were refusing to, to manage men's health and reimburse for it. And then the same was true for house call IV. IV therapy is generally very poorly covered by insurance. Something like 14, 15 bucks sometimes is what we would get reimbursed. Which again, um, to drive to someone's home to start an IV you know, and then to sit there and wait for the IV to go. And then the cost of the, the IV bag and tubing and everything, and then, you know, disposing the needles, $15 isn't enough. And so essentially we, we turn that into a cash only business. That one caters more to the affluent community. I mean, we have several like of the Seattle Seahawks or who we, you know, cater to you know the most because they need them for travel and whatnot. So again, we, we market to different groups with each of the three companies. But the growing, I guess the the end point that I see is we are uh, have slowly but surely been building out this tech, you know, part of, of house call, where again, we make it easier for patient access. So we've created a HIPAA compliant texting service as well. So people can very quickly access, you know, medical advice. Uh, They can essentially schedule an appointment and it's guaranteed to be within 12 hours of the appointment request. You know, uh, and so I think my goal is that we will be turning into more of a medical management company where we essentially create a turnkey again like a almost like a again a franchise this is what we're 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 going to try here in Los Angeles here in the next few months where the practitioners don't have to worry at all about insurance, about credentialing, about um, malpractice insurance, about patient callbacks, patient satisfaction, marketing, you know, securing an EMR contract, any of that. We manage that. You, you know, as a frustrated practitioner who's been running the rat race in corporate healthcare and is tired and burned out and you want to go your own way basically we make it super easy you run your own practice you run it how you want to you do your own thing it's it, so it would basically be like the McDonald's for healthcare in, in that you know you can escape corporate health medicine you can set your own schedule we will just Provide all the essentially the back office stuff for you, and we will use our existing software system to help you again create a um, a patient panel, and you know help with your marketing and things like that. So that's that's kind of where I I'm seeing it go. Like I said, we've we're going to be testing that model in Los Angeles, and then hopefully expanding into Washington D.C. with that model. Basically, the practitioners are their own, they're not employees of House Columbia. They Are their own business owner, but we secure everything for them. So they all they have to worry about is the patients and healthcare.
0: Yeah, that's so crucial, and I appreciate you for being here. I know our we keep our shows pretty short, and there's a lot to unpack. And especially your big vision. And then I definitely see other similar companies and able to do that. And definitely is. Seeing the new healthcare moving into a direction of giving ourselves, the providers, more flexibility and more control and more sustainability to actually enjoy the work we're providing for our patients and continue to do amazing things to engage with our patients. So I appreciate you for your time. And until next time, thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Sabrina. In today's episode, we discuss the importance of leveraging technology to improve access to care and delivering care with the patient in mind, as well as diversifying revenue stream in the healthcare industry. We also learned about benefits of building a turnkey medical management company and the value of staying focused on your goals while recognizing patterns of self-sabotage. If you listen all the way through this episode, That might be an indicator that you're interested in staying up to date on the latest trends and strategies in healthcare industry. To recap, number one, pursue your passion. Gary's advice to health tech founders is to pursue their passion and make it their business. By doing so, you can create jobs that align with your interest and value and make a positive impact on your community. Number two, timing is everything. Health tech founders should be proactive and take action toward their goals. The best time to start a business is now. And if you already started, the next best time to grow is also right now. HealthTech tech founders can seize opportunities when they arrive and be adaptable to changing circumstances. Number three, building your brand through networking and collaboration. Networking and collaboration are essential in building a successful brand in the healthcare industry. Hashtag founders can leverage social media to showcase their product services expertise and seek out opportunities to collaborate with other healthcare providers, investors, and stakeholders to grow their businesses. The best platform for me is definitely LinkedIn. Number four, improving access to care with technology. Using technology make it easy for caregivers to schedule appointments for their loved ones and reach those who need care the best, like the elderly and people in remote areas. Number five, diversify your revenue stream. Cater to different healthcare needs by creating tailored services and marketing to different groups. Consider cash-only services or payer billing insurances or different type of practice to maximize profits. Number six, building a turnkey medical management company, creating a franchise-like model to simplify the business side of healthcare for practitioners. This will allow them to focus on providing quality care to patients and provide more flexibility, control, and sustainability for providers. With a franchise model, you no longer have to reinvent the wheel, but simply learn from someone who has created profitability and able to sustain it. Thank you for tuning in to Providers Edge. We hope you found our latest episode insightful and valuable to your healthcare business. We would love to hear your feedback on the show and connect with you on LinkedIn. As a token of our appreciation, we offer a unique opportunity. Write a recommendation about our show on LinkedIn and we'll give you a free media feature on one of our podcasts or TV shows. During this exclusive interview, you have the chance to share with us your mission and the impact you're doing with your business ask any questions and gain visibility and credibility with influential partners to accelerate your mission and profitability. So don't hesitate, connect with Sabrina, myself on LinkedIn, leave a recommendation about our show and help us tailor our content while seizing this fantastic opportunity to elevate your healthcare business. We can't wait to hear from you.